Hello, I'm Abigail James. Welcome to Knowing Me, Glowing You, the podcast that celebrates life's unique journeys. I want to inspire you wherever you are in your life, whether that be aging, career, family, or more internal goals of self-discovery. Each week, I will be chatting to different experts, shining a light on their knowledge and own unique journeys. Today, I'm chatting to Melissa Hemsley. Had Ronan Keating called me up and gone, you know, hello, Melissa, uh, can you go for me? I died. Uncanny. That accent, Melissa, yeah. that's really uncanny. I'll tell you who else I died. The only person I've really felt like, ah, was I went, went to someone's house to do a private dinner party and then uh, the doorbell went. So today's guest is Melissa Hemsley, who is a cook, which I think actually undersells what she does. Best-selling author, writer, presenter, and champion of sustainable home cooking. She began her career as a private chef for international actors and brands, including Take That. She regularly appears on cookery shows, news shows, and often speaks on behalf of the charities and community projects she works for. When I think of Melissa, I think of vibrance, a smile that lights up a room with such a warmth and collaborative heart. If I ever wanted a dinner party pulling together, Melissa would be my only choice, not just because of the amazing food, but because of her ability to pull a room full of beautiful people together. So welcome to the podcast, Melissa. That's really touched me. Thank you so much. I can feel a little weepy eye coming on. That's lovely. That's really so nice of you. Thank you very much, Abigail. I'm so excited that you've kind of come on. We haven't physically seen each other since way before COVID and pandemic. It feels like years. And interestingly, I think my photo reel, or I don't know whether it's on Instagram, it occasionally will come up with, this is the person you've got the most selfies with. And other than my daughter, it's you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, whenever we've been at a little event or something, we're always like, quick, let's get a quick selfie. It pops up on your phone. Uh, You should send it to me. All about reliving those nice moments. That's one of the, there's a lot to be thankful for, for social media and and phone tech, but there's a lot to be (laughs) disappointed in. But when they remind you of a lovely memory, that is good fun. That is good fun. Yeah. So I'm going to jump in with a question for you I like to ask all of my guests is as much as I know bits about you and you know chunks about what you do I'd love for you to share with my listeners a little bit about you your journey so they can get to know Melissa Hemsley a bit better. I'm quite bad at not rambling as you know but it's your fault because you invited me on the podcast knowing how (laughs) much I can talk so do let me know when an hour has passed. The, the, the parts of, of my journey that people might be most interested in are the bits that sort of I've been reflecting on recently. I, especially sort of post the big P, and I still feel like, you know, I'm not, I haven't fully, don't know about anyone else, fully processed it all. I've been thinking about which parts of my life I most enjoy and, and would like more of and which bits just... I'm not very good at or maybe I get frustrated with myself or I'm just I or I avoid and I was thinking about when I first started cooking professionally I am almost 37 so I would have been 
let's say 24 and yes cooking for for take that and I really miss that point not because they're take that I mean they are lovely boys lovely men rather <laughs> it was really hard work but it was a simple day in the sense that I woke up super early for me anyway 5am is that early for everyone <laughs> that's early yeah yeah I mean I've got friends that do the whole 5am club so for me that was 5am and I would go to one of their houses and I would put on classic FM these were the days before your great podcast and others Thank like you. it Abigail yeah. otherwise I would have been listening to your podcast oh, I'd put on classic you. FM I'd head out to the shops I'd buy whatever looked good and smelt good that day and I would cook all day till about four o'clock and then I'd wash up and I'd head back home and I'd be, you know, I've got long hair. No matter how much I tied it back, I would be smelling of the kitchen. And so the first thing I do is have a shower and then I would enjoy my afternoon, evening. And as I said, it was such hard work, but there was no social media, didn't exist. I mean, it was Facebook and that was just, you know, for hooking up with, you know, whoever you had a crush on when you were 16, so long ago. Didn't even have a website, my sister and I. And I rarely cooked with her. We sort of split up the business in different ways. So it was just the most simple, enjoyable day. And I felt so satisfied by what I achieved each day. So had you had any official cookery training i mean how the hell did you get that gig i know i don't really know i think we got the gig because we didn't have any training in a bizarre way because they were looking for chefs but they didn't want what they called or, or what we uh, interpreted as chefy food they wanted really simple food and you've eaten my food a billion times and you've cooked my recipes they are always guaranteed simple and delicious and they sort of taste like the way i cook is I like to think how you you would cook for your best friend coming over or your mum might cook for you when you head home for the weekend or whatever. Just like very simple. So I think that's how I got it. I have got I had gone to a half a day knife skills class before and I completely forgot everything they taught me. And what were you doing up until this point in your life? Were you were you kind of doing food anyway or was this a career shift? No, I think I'd done about a month of an open university Shakespeare course and then quickly got intimidated by everyone's fantastic insights and analysis that I couldn't keep up. That was my sort of post A-level education was, yeah, not completing a open university course. And I had been on a sort of sabbatical from my job at the time, which was related to food. I was the events manager for a group of pubs and bars and restaurants. So I was around food all the time and helping people come up with menus for their, what we called births, marriages and deaths, christenings, wakes and weddings. <laughs> so I, I sort of, I, I enjoyed spending a lot of time with the chefs. And I also, I think about that time, early 20s, I sort of started understanding seasonal cooking because I remember the chef calling me one morning and saying, I'm not coming in until later, but you need to tell me as soon as the asparagus arrive. The asparagus are coming, the asparagus are coming. And I remember thinking, he doesn't get excited about much, but he's very excited about these asparagus. And I started to understand why, you know, why it was so important, why, you know, how they're out in the fields 
what is it, end of March, sort of mid-June, such a short six-week window. And so I started, I guess now, looking back, I didn't realise it at the time, getting a bit of a food education from being around this great chef. And I know you share about your your mum around your, your conversations and things. I'd love to know, has your upbringing had an impact on your cooking styles and skills? Yes, my styles and my skills. Good question. I think my sister Jasmine and I would both agree, sort of the mum didn't really teach us how to cook. We absorbed hugely how not to waste, which I think is like the most important skill we could teach each other and teach our kids and how not to waste. Because when you... Doug McMaster, who's this fantastic zero-waste chef, has got a restaurant called Silo in East London, which I people might have been to the Silo when it was in Brighton. Anyway, he says waste is a failure of the imagination and others in the sort of zero-waste world, which hopefully will be the actual world soon, where we just all stop wasting stuff. He says, you know, don't think of ingredients or parts of ingredients as second best. So isn't it funny how we think of a cauliflower leaf as a throwaway or if we do eat it do we eat it begrudgingly and think of it as second best to the cauliflower florets or the broccoli stalk versus the broccoli stem i mean i absolutely love the broccoli stalk in a stir fry i think i might have that tonight actually sorry <laughs> going off on a rambling <laughs> thought process but uh she taught us that so i think that you can become a really good cook and become a confident cook if you never think of bits of ingredients as second best or just think what's in front of me in my fridge that needs using up and I'm going to cook from there. That's how I think we should encourage people to cook a bit more. It's actually when we talk about and think about it, it's actually odd that we don't all naturally do that anyway, isn't it? I mean, food should be simple, full stop. The waste issue should be non-existent in our in our dream world yours and mine abigail when everybody else says but yeah the the planet is heating up do you remember when it was climate change then it became the climate crisis it was rebranded because it needed to be and now it's the climate catastrophe you know the the world is heating up look at the temperature of the day we're recording today the the summers are hotter and drier and too soon the winters are too mild speaking of asparagus i was reading this amazing book Tim Spector I was rereading it and was it in Tim Spector's book no I don't think it was in Tim's anyway his book is good to, too I <laughs> think actually Tim Spector's book is really good he's got several I think the book I was actually reading this particular bit from was Three Ways to Heal the Planet by Anna Santi and it's got 21 contributors and I'm lucky enough to be one of them and I was reading a bit about how Back in the day, just while we're on the asparagus theme, the asparagus farmers used to use coconut husk fibres to create a little duvet for the asparagus to keep them warm so that they didn't perish in the sort of, you know, winter months, the late April months before they were harvested. And now asparagus is shooting out sort of in March when it should be May. So it's coming eight weeks early or six weeks early. And that's completely affecting nature. Therefore, the food we eat, we eat a lot of cauliflower and apples in the UK. Well, we buy a lot and we throw away a lot, but it's, it's, you know, within the top 20, I think, of what goes in people's shopping baskets. Anyway, at the moment, the way the planet is, is that the the blossoms or the, the fertile period for all of these, like say the apples, is not matching with when their pollinators are ready to pollinate. 
things are out of sync big time. And I feel that for me, things have been out of sync on a personal level for a long time. And during the pandemic, I sort of really that hit me in the face. What are you going to do about it? So in general, I'm very much into at the moment thinking about how to get more in sync with things, how to feel better connected to things. And that's why also I sort of jumped at the chance to chat to you because we occasionally WhatsApp each other, we DM each other, but I, I was looking forward to a proper chinwag with you. Yeah, well, interesting. My my job as a therapist, I'm often one-on-one in a room with someone. But the pandemic, I, there was a, many months that I couldn't physically practice. And possibly like you having time to reflect, I also had that time and thinking, wow, even though I have these connections, I don't have time to nurture them because my job, I'm shut in a room with one person. So even kind of pre-COVID, going to events and properly feeling connected to people. That's something I feel that I wasn't good at because of my job. And I've made a definite extra effort to write. I really need to rebuild and, and connect with people on a more regular basis. So we've talked a little bit about the sustainability. While we're on that topic, I know you support a number of charities. And one of them I picked up on your website, is it the Felix Project? I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Oh, I'm so glad you asked because, you know, if one person listening today goes, oh, my office or my company, you know, pick a charity each year, maybe we'll think of the Felix Project next year, that would be wonderful. Uh, There's so many worthy charities obviously out there. The Felix Project is so interesting and inspiring because it's London's largest food redistribution charity. And almost the most important thing is that the food that is rescued, so this is perfectly edible surplus food, but it, it's, it's you know, potentially the expiry date or there's a logistic thing. Basically, the Felix Project, go and pick it up. Most of it's volunteer-led by foot. So if anyone ever wants to spend an afternoon helping out, people cycle, they use electric vans. They go and pick up this food and then very quickly they take it to one of three depots in London and volunteers and some team members sort through everything and they assign it. And so at this time of year, you're looking at summer community camps. Uh, During the pandemic, they were feeding NHS workers. Anyone that needs an extra hand, they will feed. So it's twofold in that it rescues food that was headed to the bins and then it helps people out those who are without food or struggling and at first it was delivering raw ingredients or let's say tin you know cooked ingredients but tins of and now sadly demand went up fourfold and it's rising all of the time especially as we know now people are getting really terrified with winter coming and fuel prices and bills is now they make ready meals as well which is really really helpful for people because the sad thing is is that Food banks have reported uh, that people are even doing without, say, potatoes, carrots, because they can't afford the fuel to cook them. And at the moment, charities like the Felix Project, and for anyone listening in, you've got UK Harvest, you've got Fair Share. There are so many of these great charities on our doorsteps that are having to, to, to help to help. And my gosh, the energy from these volunteers and the people that work at the Felix Project, it's, it's like, 
you know, we're doing it first and foremost because it's the right thing to do. It's about helping other people out. But also, I've got to say, when I go and spend time with them, even when things are very upsetting or there's some sad news and, you know, it is all, that the energy is just so uplifting. And so I love the team spirit. It's just amazing. So I'm going to come on to Feel Good. Feel Good is Melissa's latest book. I'm really excited and actually, I have got my copy and I have been thumbing through and already folding over pages going, right, that's one for me to try. The book is called Feel Good. And there isn't any reference to food or anything in its actual title. It's just feel good. And I I love that. I'd love to know more about, you know, what was the inspiration? What was the goal with writing this fourth book it's actually my fifth (laughs) what what am i missing (laughs) oh i can't remember them all either no i'm joking um well there's the art of eating well and good and simple with jazz and then there's eat happy and this is why you've missed this one because it came out during the pandemic eat green and i'll just finish on eat green because we've been talking so much about sustainability which is amazing because there we don't talk about sustainability enough and i always think of sustainability as but something like sustainability is acting like we plan to be here or something like that. I just ruined it. It's like acting like we're meant to, we're going to be here forever. I've now I've ruined it. The, the, the actual quote is really good. <laughs> it's so good. You tattoo it on you and I've just butchered it. <laughs> Eat Green was my journey to being even more waste-free, thinking about refilling, thinking about using less single-use plastic, thinking about eating more seasonally, thinking about, you know, the habits of just why am I putting an avocado in my shopping basket again do I really need it is there something that I could is there an ingredient that's more local to me that I could enjoy so eat green was my sort of first start look at that and very sadly it came out literally on the doorstep of the pandemic but it's actually had a real boomph in following because as we've survived people are interested in doubling down on their sustainability efforts because i think we were getting there about two years ago and then of course we ended up you know just trying to survive anyway so that was eat green and feel good i'm so glad you like the title because it's been the subject of many many emails it's very hard to come up with with names as you know your po- i love your podcast name Did that was that just a burst of inspiration when you were sat on the loo Okay, shall I shall I tell you? Yes, yeah, I love so, the name. Okay, because we were going through a number of different options, as you probably know, when yeah. you're up with book names and things. And yeah, they were good, but it just wasn't fully, fully sitting with me. And this genuinely happened. It was a Thursday night and I had a dream. My mum was in the dream oh. and my mum passed away in 2019. And she was helping me choose podcast names in the dream. Oh my God, Abigail, is amazing. She was forever an ABBA fan. We actually played uh, a couple of songs at her funeral and one of them was was an ABBA track. But in the dream, she came up with Knowing Me, Glowing You. Oh, your mum. Yeah, and I just, it was sometimes you dream and in the dream you think, oh, I need Mm. to remember that for the morning Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. just gone. But it just totally stuck with me and... That I couldn't not 
call the podcast knowing me glowing you so yeah thanks mum it is actually i'm gonna put it out there my favorite podcast name i can't think of a podcast name that's better where were we feel good yes good names so feel good now we've said knowing me glowing you is a little bit not as good but for me for a book for a cookbook name i love it because you're right there isn't anything about food in there what that came from was i had started working on this new book actually before eat green had come out which uh I like to just squirrel away my recipes and I like to sort of, you know, I've always got ideas going. And um, uh, I couldn't come up with a name and nor did I need to at that point. It was a long way down the track. But then during the pandemic, I had never, probably like you, done an Instagram live before beyond a story and sending out a newsletter once a month. I just couldn't, didn't know what I was doing. And I thought, how can I be useful during this absolutely tragic pandemic and I thought well I could come up with affordable easy to cook recipes with lots of swaps depending on what people can get their hands on Um, and especially for people that wanted to cook in their communities cook for their neighbour who might be an NHS worker or a key worker and so I started doing them a series called cook together cook alongs and then while we were cooking you know people would say something I'd be like oh I really want to get into that or god that's a great tip or what are you doing to keep yourself you know when you you know I think it's so important to cry but when you when you finish your cry what do you do then to come out of it or what do you do to perk yourself up and so I thought gosh here's me who's never done an Instagram live I'm just gonna set up a second set of Instagram lives I'm gonna do the cook together cook-alongs and then I'm gonna do the feel-good sessions and that was about interviewing people on community comfort and connection so as I was writing this book feel good without a name I was writing recipes about joyful cooking or, you know, remembering joyful cooking. You know, when I want comfort, I don't know if you feel the same, Abigail. I think about what my mum might cook me. It would be Finder's Crispy Pancakes. Oh, really? (laughs) She She was not the best in the kitchen. She wasn't Chef Judy. No, no. My dad was the foodie. Yeah, it was a quirky upbringing. We won't mention the monkey that he brought home from the pub. And Well, I have. I've just mentioned it. I've just mentioned it. <laughs> so, uh, back back to whatever I was saying, I can't remember. But yes, yeah, smells of childhood, comfort foods, what foods you crave, what foods bring you joy. And as I was writing it, one of the chapters, which became known as stress-free sharing with friends. Oh, I couldn't get my teeth around that one. Stress-free sharing with friends. Is that just me or you try that? Stress-free sharing with friends. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Stress-free sharing with friends. Gosh, that's hard. Yes, it is. And very important too, because I mean, I'm just planning some people coming around next week and I just found myself doing my classic, oh, I could do this and I could do this and I could do this and I could do this. And I thought, um, no, Melissa, don't forget the chapter, stress-free sharing with friends. You don't need to impress. You don't need to, uh, you know, make the best meal in the entire world. It, actually, what's most important, and don't forget I was writing this during the pandemic, is just being together. And actually, I, I've i always been of the opinion, going right back to the Take That guy saying, you know, they didn't want fancy food. I sometimes, I don't want food to be the distraction I don't want, I don't, I'm not into meals where it's like, oh, there's this and on top of this and blah, blah, blah. I love knowing the provenance of ingredients and I love knowing about the farmers and the suppliers, but I don't need like a step-by-step complicated meal. And and I think I found myself probably like 
lots of people, not just because I'm in the food industry, but thinking, gosh, I better, I better make this a star meal. And your friends aren't guests. They're not paying to be there. And so the whole book's about mood and food and feelings. What kind of feeling did I want? when I have my friends around and I wanted it to be relaxed and nobody likes a sweaty stressed out martyr in the kitchen who nobody help me I mean I have been that person I have to be careful not to be that person but I just wanted to enjoy it and so much of the book is about enjoyment and I finished it once we were you know out of lockdowns and the feeling stayed the same as I just thought less stress more putting your feet up, less time standing at the stove and shopping and overthinking and overcomplicating food and more time. And without getting too like preachy about it, you know, I it's amazing when I think of the meals that I have loved the most. Sometimes I can't even remember what I've eaten, but it's just that feeling of being relaxed and just, you know, appreciating and taking the time to chew. Is, is there an avocado in the book or not? I think there's avocado on the side. I can picture one avocado on the side of one of the recipes. I'm still absolutely in love with avocados, but I'm trying to be mindful of avocado producers and suppliers struggling to keep up with demand. But, you know, you can't beat a good ripe avocado, of which they are one in a blue moon. If Let's be honest, it's hard to get them at the right moment, but I just smash them up if they're um, smushed. I remember my mum once mashing up an avocado and, and like putting it in the freezer and trying to tell us it was ice cream. I don't know why she bothered, but uh, where was I also going on the avocado? Oh, if anyone loves guacamole or avocado on toast, a very delicious alternative to avocado, and you can even go half and half, is I smash up peas and broad beans. Mm. So sometimes I do half avocado and half of them. And it's also good if you love avocado and I've got 10 people coming around. You know, you don't want to buy 10 avocados or eight avocados. That's a fortune. So, yeah, just going that bit half and half. So do you do you just slightly boil off your peas? Exactly, exactly. Cook them so they're still retaining their lovely, bright flavour. And it's broad bean season now, so now's a great time. And then you can either whiz them if you've got a little food processor. If you can't be asked to get a food processor dirty, just smash them like you would your avocado. And then add your coriander and loads of lime and some garlic. And you could chop a little bit of tomato through. All your favourite sort of guac accoutrements and you know a little bit of chili delicious lovely yeah the no bake chewy nutty bars i like the concept no bake as well abigail they're so great when you're having long days or sending the kids off i took them on my book tour to every bookshop i went to and they went down a treat for anyone and listening who can't see the recipe it's it's dates and coconut oil and ground ground almonds on the base or if you've got a nut allergy you can use oats and the top is melted dark chocolate and then you stud cranberries and pumpkin seeds and nuts and and then another one that that grabbed me was just three ingredient chocolate pots just what, like, what, what is simpler than that exactly and plant-based if anyone is plant-based they are plant-based but of course you can use regular milk if you like they're lovely and then right now it's cherry season so i top them with cherries or raspberries or just mm. good old more dark greater chocolate but you've got to remember abigail to put a little pinch of sea salt because salt brings out the sweetness we never used to do sea salt chocolate and, and now it's like sea salt caramel truffles. Even my friend came over the other day and I made her a berry chia pudding and she put a little bit of salt in. And I was like, oh, yeah, good, good shout. Because just that mm-hmm. tiny bit brings out the natural sweetness of the fruit. What I love about all of your books, and I know you had the Hemsley Cafe 
in Selfridges. Even though you're saying that you're not trained or you're not a trained nutritionist, all of your recipes definitely fall into the healthy bracket. You know, I know if I was supporting someone with their skin and they want some recipe ideas, you're someone who I'm directing to. I don't, I don't know whether that's a conscious choice or it's just how it is. And I know, I think in the beginning and in the front of your book, it says that most of them are gluten-free throughout the book as well. But I'd love to just know, is that just kind of how you vibe? Healthy food is just part of you. Maybe that just comes from having whole foods that you're cooking with. It comes from that. It's They're naturally healthy and they're naturally gluten-free in the sense that, you know, there's there's pasta in there and of course you can get any type of pasta thinking about what we had when we were growing up you know it was like just one pasta wasn't it and now you've got your whole meals you've got your white you've got your bronze you've got lentil pasta quinoa pasta corn pasta rice pasta buckwheat pasta so you can go for your life with all those things but in general most ingredients are naturally gluten-free and i after cooking for the bands a lot of the people i cooked for had allergies and tolerances in general even though I'm not plant-based I try and make my books as open to everyone as possible so when I write you know the recipes in the intro are naturally gluten-free that is so one of my best friends who's celiac obviously I know that she's my best friend but you know your best friend who's celiac would know that these are appropriate and I'm not plant-based but I think that my last count 85% of the recipes were were vegetarian and if the 15% that weren't all had options for swapping in or out I think it's fantastic when people have got dedicated books you know your gluten-free book or your vegan book and all of that there's so much out there for everybody but I also wanted to create a book where everybody could feel welcome because at the end of the day when you're cooking for your mate and having your stress-free sharing with friends dinner you know, your friend might be plant-based, your friend might be a celiac, your friend might be dairy-free. So I wanted people to not feel scared of that because a lot of people would say, I've got this person coming over, I don't know what to cook, I'm just not going to bother. Or they'd get really stressed out and make a thousand things, whereas actually you could make one thing that every everyone could eat. And in terms of healthy, I mean, healthy, maybe people listening to you you know I I sort of feel like if I say the word healthy you've got two camps one that think oh I roll life's too short for that I just want to yeah let people eat what they want to eat let people be or that must be so untasty and then you've got people that are like oh I love healthy food I wish I had more ideas for it so (laughs) it's quite a polarizing word I personally like to feel good you know I've just come back from Sicily where I just had the absolute best food ever you know and I would go out and eat food that I couldn't cook at home or couldn't be asked to cook at home maybe it's more complicated food but I've come back and on that plane home which got delayed till three in the morning you know I'm craving and I still ate vegetables and fruit when I was there but I am apps I was craving the food that I cook more at home which is a lot of the time soups stews even in the summer you know summer soups and stews they're hearty but they are packed with vegetables and nutrient-rich food and my boyfriend said the same he said I think I think he said I never thought I'd say it but I think that was one pizza too many so you know you don't need a pizza recipe from me but I can certainly help you out with you know 
uplifting breakfast options. I can help you out with making salads more satisfying. I can make soups delicious for you and hearty. So that's the sort of role, my self-appointed role, I feel that I've given myself. And also, really importantly, not to waste. So we've we've mentioned about cooking for take that. Can, can we mention just briefly about you doing cooking sessions with Gary Barlow on Instagram? Are you on a Instagram. fan? I've never asked you this. Darling, of course I am. I, She's I a grew fan. Up in She's that a era. fan. Because no, I'm I a boys' own really... fan. So I, I think I, I think had Ryan and Keaton called me up and gone, you know, hello Melissa. Uh, can you go for me? I died. Funny. That accent, Melissa, yeah. that's really uncanny. I'll tell you who else I died. The only person I've really felt like, ah, was I went went to someone's house to do a private dinner party and then uh, the doorbell went and I could just hear people arriving and I was like, oh my God, it's Ross from Friends. <laughs> uh, and that definitely got me all like, you know, butterfingered and he was lovely. But yes, back back to, did yeah. I name drop the take that thing or did you? No, you you brought it up. I wasn't name dropping. Do you know, when Gary came over to mine, I think we had just finished renovating our place, which took about four years. And I'm in, you know, deepest East London, basically Essex. And I remember he travelled over and he was like, I feel like I'm in France. It was so (laughs) far from where I used to cook for him. And by the time he left, we cooked together. I realised as I was showing him out the door that it was peak pickup time for the local school which is on my road and pushchairs almost ended up in the road people were just looking over what's the word triple double taking but triple yeah is that gary Bolo in essex basically yes it was and we what had we been making hmm i think i've been good in the kitchen? oh he's an excellent cook yeah they all are and this is the other thing is you know they they wanted our help and support purely not because they couldn't cook but because they were going on tour they were reforming and they just needed really healthy uplifting food on tour and they just you know you're in a different town every night when they when they actually were on tour we worked with a tour chef because that's a whole skill set that i don't have you know you've got to source ingredients every single day and i like going to bed at about seven o'clock so the idea of cooking food when a band come off stage at 11 o'clock wasn't for me but we supported them when they were here and sent food off Oh yeah, I love doing that. I mean, that, that takes us full circle to the first bit. I just, I'd love to spend less time in the digital world. You know, I don't really count podcasters, but I would really like to spend more time cooking. And I'd love to go and further my food knowledge and training and go and, you know, cook in the Philippines. And that's where my mum's from and learn about Filipino food, go to Thailand, mm. go to Italy and, oh. I... I usually ask my guests something beauty related. Firstly, how do you feel about the aging process? I feel good. I feel good about it. I'm almost 37. And again, through my self-reflection, I've just been thinking, my God, I feel I like myself so much more. I love myself so much more. I've been doing quite a lot of courses and self-development. And, uh, you know, they ask you, you know, who put your hands up who loves themselves and obviously most people almost everyone doesn't and then you go well this is the point so in terms of aging more turns around the sun I'm bang up for it I like myself better I love myself better I I'm nicer to myself so so inwardly yes and outwardly I I agree the things that I was shy about self-conscious about ashamed about I now love I don't look in the mirror and go my God, I love you. But I can look in the mirror and and be happy. 
And I also will look in the mirror and go, hmm, you have not been sleeping enough. Uh, is there something we can do about that, young lady? <laughs> and, you know, put myself to bed. Or I will endeavour to watch a little bit less TV tonight, for example, and give myself a lovely face massage, of which you are a total queen at. And I'll think of you and I'll think, can I spend an extra 30 seconds rubbing that oil in rather than just slapping it on and rushing off to do some washing? And and the answer is you you definitely can. Any desert island skincare or beauty products? Well, I think you know what I'm going to say because you know lots of the products I love. I love, I'm literally looking at it right now, and this is not a setup. I love, you know, do you know my uh, Sharon of MV Skin Therapy? She, she's a, a Brit living in Australia. I love, oh, this smells very delicious. It's her hand rescue treatment. I love all of her product, but I'm very excited because I've been growing calendula in my garden <gasps> and she uses a lot of calendula. Not that I'm starting my own range. <laughs> I also love Demamiel, which is founded by Annie Demamiel. I love her altitude oil, which is designed for, you know, when you're on an airplane and you want to smell something very grounding and relaxing. But I just wear whenever I'm feeling a little bit stressed or a bit stomach clenchy. What else do I love? I love Maoli Rituals body oil. I love Bi Sarah oil. I love Ren products. I absolutely love my products. And one of the things I actually end up buying for my friends is I often end up buying olive oil (laughs) for my friends and then a beauty product because it's so many of my friends are mums. I've got four, four, five, we've got five godchildren between us, Henry and I. And they just, a lot of the time, don't end up buying anything for themselves. So I like to share and buy them lovely beauty products. So we're talking about future. What's, What's next for Melissa Hemsley? Well, apart from growing my calendula, what is next? I would love to continue exploring my personal self-development, which, you know, just while we're in the spirit of talking about our dearly departed parents, really was kick-started by my dad passing away seven years ago. And even though I had done a lot of therapy in my own life up until that point, I really closed down, shut down, and I was like, oh, I don't really want to talk about this even though I knew the power of therapy so I sort of let it just fester which is only natural and everyone's got their right time and time to deal with things but you know I've I've so been enjoying learning more about myself and I would like to spend more time in community I would love to spend more time in women's circles I would love to spend more time on retreats You know, all of these are costly, both in terms of time and money, but they should be available to everybody. And so I'm just really interested in seeing where I can offer food in that space. You know, everybody deserves great food. Everybody deserves to be touched by a professional and massaged and pampered. And it's not even about the word pamper is wrong. Like we know the benefits of being touched and we know the benefits of booking a session in the diary and knowing like I sometimes think the best thing about going on holiday is putting it in the diary and then looking forward to it. I love that anticipatory feeling. And I love that feeling when you know you're going to go and have a wonderful treatment that you do deserve and absolutely is essential. So I'd like to, I don't know what it is, Abigail, but there's something there bubbling away that I'd like to do. Well, whatever's bubbling away, I'm looking forward to it. Melissa, this has been an absolute joy chatting with you. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. Quick one, where can my listeners find you? 
they can find me on at melissa.hemsley. Don't go following Melissa Hemsley. She's someone else. melissa.hemsley on Instagram. I've just redone my website, actually, melissahemsley.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter and I have lots of free recipes. And hopefully see you at a fun festival or event and, you know, knowing me, glowing you podcast on tour later <laughs> this year. Amazing. <laughs> Melissa, it's brilliant. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much. We'll speak again soon. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Knowing Me, Glowing You. I hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I did. If you'd like to learn a little more about what I do, you can always pop over to my website, abigailjames.com, where you can stay up to date with everything I'm up to. If you're into your skincare and well-being, I think you are really going to enjoy my latest book, The Glow Plan. It's a four-week plan to aging well from the inside and out. If you enjoyed today's episode, it's really appreciated if you would subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening. I hope today's episode might have given a moment of welcome distraction from your day and offered a glimmer of inspiration and happiness.